Welcome back, good people, to change the subject. And um, it's BJ here with BJ here with something new and fun and fresh. And I got a super super dope guest, somebody that I love personally for many reasons. But to all of you, she is an author, and I'm just so excited to kind of like dig into the mind of the person behind some of the words and things that we see, whether it be in her book or, you know, the things that she posts. If you don't know who I'm talking about, it's my sister, Sugarfoot. Queen Poison. <laughs> I got Queen Poison or Change the Subject. What's going on? What's up, bro? <laughs> so, um, finally get you on a Change the Subject episode because um, we did have a conversation on Teach Me How to Love You Better, which was Comprehend. And funny enough, um, we can kind of apply that same idea to today's conversation because it is a comprehension conversation in actuality. But before we get to that, um, just kind of give people an idea of who you are and what you're doing and an overall view of, do we want to say, like Tanisha versus who Queen Poison is? I don't ever think we like talk about the differences between the two, so... So overall, I am a free spirit, an author, a creative, the embodiment of Sunday dinners at your grandma's house and forehead kisses from your mama. Hey. So I'm sweet. Hey. But I'm gonna be honest. I feel that. That's um that's a great way to describe yourself. Um I've been knowing you since the very start of my podcast journey and even though you describe yourself that way, I can say that the one consistent thing about you when in terms of me is that you never change. And that's hard because I don't I don't know how to love people the same way based on knowing that I'm always evolving. So like emotionally, I can very well be to everybody a generic BJ. But I know that because you're so personal to me it's more than likely that I am going to change in many ways in terms of the love that we share with each other. But for some reason, it's like no matter how I see myself or how I look at some of the things that I do, it's like Suge is always the same with me. So like what is it that what is it that makes it makes you you in that regard to like the consistency of how you treat people? Like how is that uh how is that like What's the word? Your your mindset to love or affection for people. How does that work for you? For me, I'm very grounded. So I have to first love me before I can love anybody else. Okay. So because I'm, I take risks with myself and I'm good with myself and I love myself, it kind of makes loving people that much easier. Mm, all right. All right. That makes sense. So do you ever find it to be easy because it doesn't really take much work because people don't know how to love themselves correctly? Um, it's not even just that. It's if I see what you're bringing and I see who you are from up front, that gives me the decision of how to negate after that. Oh, cool. cool. Like I'd rather you show me your good, your bad, your ugly. So I'm like, okay, if this him at his worst or her at her worst, then I can only assume better after that. Okay. So when okay. I do see the better, I said, okay, I, I see that they're human and they make mistakes, but I can separate that from them trying to actually put forth the energy to do better. Cool, cool. That makes total sense. So um, when we talk about writing, mm -hmm. a lot of things that are written on paper are oftentimes or the attempts to manifest. And in certain ways, I think that like being a writer is very important to being a visionary because sometimes the writing is the only thing that's like concrete, something that you can actually touch for the moment in time that you're aspiring to do whatever it is that you're doing. So how important is it for you to write in terms of manifesting? Because everything that we think Sometimes it's not worth effort. Sometimes it's just like we we draw things from negativity. We draw things from hurt and pain. But is it possible that in your 
area or expertise in writing that you could possibly write something to where you kind of author the direction of your life? Is that ever like a concept when you put the pen to the paper that you may be writing feelings that are going to steer you in the direction of your life? Mm -hmm. All the time. Um, So I'm extremely forgetful and I can't put something on my phone. I have to write it out because I put it in a space where I look at it often. Okay. That goes for my planner. That goes for my vision board. That goes just for little notes. That goes for creative ideas, whether I use them or not. Okay. So writing that pen to paper, something, something about that is is special. It, it, Relationship. Right. Okay. So it might not make sense to anyone else, but once it hits that ink to paper, it does something for me. So how do you separate yourself from when you're writing pain? From like the things that you're like positively writing, because do you ever find yourself in a space where things are really trying and everything that you're writing is like based on pain? And because this is where you are, you become stagnant in the pen. Sometimes it's mostly based upon what I'm feeling in the moment in order for me to get past that emotion. I kind of have to live in it and let it manifest and let it do what it's going to do and take up that space in order for me to move on to the next emotion. Okay. Oh, so that it is still a transition. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. I just wanted to give, you know, people an idea of what it's like to be a writer. And um, all of us in some way, shape or form have written a letter or a short story or something to that magnitude, but it's just interesting to find out what that process is because it kind of takes us into the show. So we are about to get into QA and A. Oh man. And I asked these questions because some of them are very analytical. Some of them are going to transition to some very pivotal points, but I just want to see what your answers are going to be when you're put on the spot. So you ready? I guess so. I have no choice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So question number one is name three vivid places your mind is taken to on a consistent basis whenever you think of being stimulated. Heaven. Mm, Okay. Fireworks. Fireworks. All right. And a garden. See, that was a great answer. Like... That was just off the top of your head. So, all right. So, question number two is if you had to describe yourself by using a flavor, what would be that flavor and why? Pineapple. Because I'm sweet. I have a little bit of tartness. And people see a rough outside, but don't understand how juicy it is on the inside. Perfect answer. Perfect. All right. So question number three, name one pro and one con you can think of when you think of dealing with a street nigga. Ooh. We talking about a street nigga or a bum street nigga? Which one a we talking about? A street nigga, like an official street nigga. Like he hustling. Yeah. The benefit or the pro would be fast money all the time. The con is when he gets in trouble, having to bail his ass out. So you you still got to save some of the fast money because his lifestyle could put you in a detrimental position. Exactly. All right. Question number four. If you had to create a playbook of sorts that you could use to identify three dark-skinned men with phenomenal stroke game that you are smashing at one time, what would be the way to never get them confused or crossed up considering they all have the same characteristics? Mm. You said a playbook? Yep. Names are important. The way they smell is important. Because mm. not all men, body chemistries work with every scent. Facts, facts, facts. Um, sometimes the way they dress. Oh, okay. Could this style could be different? I can have one, you know, man that's really into the suit and tie. Okay. Then I have another one that's just strictly in J's and sweatpants and right, right. that aesthetic. And then I got one that's just in the middle. Mm. 
So characteristics is how you would keep them um, separate from each other. That's dope. So we are on number five. Name someone who you think is attractive that the rest of the world feels is ugly as fuck. Someone that's attractive that the rest of the world thinks is ugly as fuck. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I really had to think. <laughs> Because most of the people that I find attractive, a lot of people find attractive. Mm. No. You got an alternative. Hell, I might have to go with the alternative. All right, so your alternative is a layered question. Okay. You, your boyfriend, and your best friend all grew up together. Mm. You have all known each other for the same length of time. You and your boyfriend split up after years of being together, and the split was because you were the one that was unhappy. He fought to the bitter end to make it work. Somehow, someway, your ex and your BFF still maintain their relationship after your split and become much closer due to his need of something familiar in terms of friendship and relationship. So every time you reach out to her, in some way, shape, or form, they're together. How do you handle the order or actions that take place now that they have increased due to the fact that you removed yourself from the equation? That's none of my business. They are two grown consenting adults and they have their own relationship that's separate from me. What The way they hang out, the way they do what they do, that's none of my business. As long as... I'm spending time with that best friend and I've expressed to her that I don't want to hear anything dealing with my ex and she can continue to respect that. How she hang out with that man is none of my business. So you wouldn't feel like no way if in a moment of need or I just need to kick it with my girl and she like, oh, I'm with boy. You wouldn't feel no type of way? Mm-mm. Mm. Grow y'all ass up, women. Shit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because we still be trying to keep our old friends and y'all be making us go through all of these different challenges because you uncomfortable that your homeboy or homegirl still kick it with your ex. Grow the fuck up. I mean, my discomfort doesn't mean that I should make her choose. Oh, that's a fact. That's a real friend, too. That's definitely a real friend. All right. So, shit, I, I guess it was good that you couldn't answer number five. That's actually one of the first alternatives I believe we've had on the show where I guess the alternative question had to be asked. So that was dope. All right. So number six is a pretty, pretty heavy question, too. All right. So number six is you are on a date with your new guy who is dating casually just as you are. You both agree to take things slow and completely get to know each other. And over time, things begin to really heat up. The casual dating outside of this particular situation is starting to come to an end and you really start to dig this particular guy. You two decide to discuss the past and while dating or no, you two decide to discuss the past and what dating was like now that is coming to an end for you outside of this situation. And you find out that the guy fits the exact description of a clingy emotionally unstable nigga one of your homegirls was describing mm. okay but she never personalized him or claimed him to be special do you continue dating him considering how disposable and insignificant your friend made the interaction seem considering you're thinking about bringing him to the the house to introduce to the homies okay so this gentleman in particular, if he's dated a homegirl nine times out of ten, I probably wouldn't have messed with him. Okay. Because I kind of respect that bond and not touching exes. Mm -hmm. Secondly, mm, if I were to date him and she made him seem insignificant, it would probably be to the point like he was probably just a hit and quit. Oh, okay. If I did consider him. Those questions, I don't like to like wait after I've been talking to him for a minute. I kind of like to throw those questions out on the table 
within like the first few weeks. So you think so, but in this situation, your friend never like said, like, let's just say his name was Johnny. Mm-hmm. You know, she never said Johnny's name. She just always said this one nigga. If I didn't know his name, I knew his face. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter if the name was there or not. I'm going to know what his face looks like. Okay. So you you would just automatically, even though he is potentially a good guy, great guy, mm-hmm. because of that, you know, that restriction of not messing with anybody your homegirl, you know, formerly fraternized with, you would just cut it off just because. Because a jump off and an ex are two totally different categories. If he's a jump off, he kind of fair game. But if he was like an ex, meaning you have feelings for this man, you may have cohabitated with him, y'all oh, okay. like got really into it, then that's something different. That means that's an emotional bond there. Oh, that makes sense. But you never really hear women like view it that way. It's just like he off limits, period, no matter what the interaction is. And just from the question, it sounds like he was never taken serious. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, he is fair game. You just have to be mature in the event that, okay, now, you know, Tanisha bringing him through. And, yeah, we used to mess around, but nothing happened. You not being funny acting to neither of the two people. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I mean, but that's something I would still have to discuss with my homegirl because in the area that I live in, Almost everybody know each other. It's small here. Yeah. And you don't know who then linked up with who, who then hooked up with who. I'm going to ask her some questions. I'm like, look, have y'all seen this face before? Do y'all oh, know him wow. by name? Somebody know him. Okay. You know, give me some tea. What's right, up? Right, 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 right. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Number seven. Name a flavor most likely to be found in your lip gloss, your favorite candy, and a body fragrance. I would have to say, I would have to say vanilla. Yeah, true, true. That makes, yeah. Vanilla's in everything. In everything, right. (laughs) All right, so last question. What's a food that's not stereotyped to black people that should be because we indulge in it all the time? Broccoli. Broccoli. Name a nigga that don't eat broccoli. Damn. You right. You... Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Broccoli was, broccoli is definitely like. It's, Top tier. It's going with Alfredo. It's going with a baked potato. You can put it in a salad. Salad, yeah. You can have it steamed with other vegetables. You can have Fact. it in your stir fry. Yeah, yeah. You right, you right. All right, so you got through Q&A, which wasn't that bad. Look, I was expecting it to be so much happier. <laughs> Look at me knocking shit over. So. Today's conversation is, to me, a very analytical conversation because in some way, shape, or form, we've all done it, but we don't realize that we do it. And it's talking about the posi- the position we take in our feelings. So one thing that becomes difficult is sometimes where you feel like you are currently is a test or a circumstance that's either teaching you how to deal with the transition to where you actually want to be and most and in most terms when you have those tests it seems like you're already there in that moment so when I say this I'm saying like if you're angry and you are already thinking about leaving a person or a circumstance just because you're angry you'll use that as a confirmation that it's time to go mm. but in certain cases it's how you handle the anger whether it be on the inside of you or towards that other person will determine where you'll end up and we never think about the test within the current position so I want to talk to you from the title of R and B. And I know for you guys that are listening, you're hearing me say to your ear, rhythm and blues, which we'll we'll use that as one of the key examples. But I'm saying the literal words R, A, R, E and B, B, E, because what you'll find 
in the definitions of the two words is that R is the exact place in life, feelings, and, and emotions versus B, which by secondary definitions means occupying a firm position or staying in the exact place, space, or condition. So even though they're similar, they're still not the same. So we get to get into a, a really good conversation. So when you think about where you are, which is the exact moment, but not the end result, how do you keep yourself from becoming stagnant based on current feelings, emotions, and where you may be currently in life? How do you keep yourself from not cementing your position in a certain place and time? Currently, with the way things are going, it's keeping myself busy and keeping a positive circle around me. Some days I just need to talk and vent. Mm -hmm. And some days I just need to just work on a project, whether it's something I plan to put out or not just to keep my mind occupied because I'm not able to utilize my love language right now. Wow. Wow. And my love language isn't just solely for intimate. Okay. Mine's just like kind of across the board. For me, my love languages that I relate most to are physical touch and quality time. Right. Right. And since COVID, I can't always get that. So those moments that I get to spend with, loved ones i kind of you know take those for granted mm. like i get that's when i get my hugs in so that's physical touch for me okay and then i also get to see their face and spend actual time with them so i'm getting both my love languages fulfilled in that moment right 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 so oftentimes based on your example is that's the same thing that we do in our relationships because the reason i asked you that question is as people and men in particular, we never question women when it comes to intention. And we also assume that if anybody is to have intention, it would have to be the woman, you know, because in in certain men, we typically go with the flow of the circumstances, whatever our circumstances are or our needs are, is typically how we process the actions of the day. But in certain instances of intention, a lot of those things are being communicated as where a woman is in that current moment, mm -hmm. which is, you know, who she portrays in that space of R, the exact place, but she's not considering where she would like to be and how the actions that she are that she is exhibiting right at this particular moment is not helping or assisting in where she wants to be. So think about you in that same example of saying, because of COVID, I don't get to show my love language. There's still three other ways of expression that you're completely unaware of or may not use as much as the others. And they'll, and those things may be the way to get back to the position that you actually want to be in when it's finally time to get back to the original set of love languages. We'll be content with the idea of where we are because I know what I feel right now, but the place you want to be is something you've never experienced. Mm -hmm. So how do you get to that place of be based on where you are if your skills are not equipped for where you want to be at. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So how do you get to where you want to be if the skill set is not there for where those places can take you? Question is, how bad do you want it? Mm. If you want it bad enough, you're going to sit there and put in the groundwork or learn what you need to to put you in a better position. So just because I'm uncomfortable right now doesn't mean it's going to last always. That is a... A great answer. I think when I think about this for myself, like a lot of times where I am, like this year in particular, I've been um, uncomfortable because I haven't had peace. And peace in the sense of not being able to be overwhelmed by thoughts, the thoughts of knowing what's ahead. Everything has to be 
everything has to be thought out, planned, and, you know, you have to also have backup plans for when the plans don't work because it's survival. And um, I realized that there's very little peace in survival. So everything that I've been experiencing as of lately, I've had to submit more than I've ever done in my life. Um, I have to be over communicative with my partner. You know, look, commission ain't coming through. I can't do this, 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 and this. And it's literally been like, okay, I got you. You know, but again, like the peace shift or where I am, which is R at this point, I could never see like that level of trust happening had I been sufficient in the place that I thought I was before when I was taking care of everything on my own. So like literally I had to like be lessened in this space to realize the potential of my partner. Had I been what I thought I should be in that space, I would have never learned the capabilities, the abilities, the the partnership, and all of the things that my partner has to offer me had not I been reduced in the space of where I currently was at the time. Where you are isn't going to always equal up to what you should be. Mm, true. Don't true. always equal up to what you could be. Yeah. It, it would be because it's, you know something's coming. You know it's, it's basically like algebra. It's X. It's an unknown variable. You know it it exists, but at what value, you right, don't know. Right, you never know. And that transition from R to B is that, that equation of you figuring it out. So let's get to, like, the listener. Because I know that because this is, like, so analytical, it could be confusing. I want to use some very simplified and detailed examples so when we speak of where women are with men usually they will speak from where they are currently with men they are seeing and how they treat people is usually based on where they are in their lives as well which again means the exact place in life feelings and emotions where you are is almost never viewed as for the moment or a shortstop that happens every once in a while to distract but not necessarily derail When you are in a situation with a person you are getting to know, and it seems like where you are currently is stagnant, how do you assess you, the person that has the feelings, and then the other person that's a part of the situation that you also have to care for? How do you evaluate who is responsible for the transition to get you to where you want to be? Because for women, it's set up almost society. It's set up in society where a man is supposed to have intention. He's supposed to know where he wants to take you, what he wants from you, how he wants to be with you, all of these different things. And could potentially put yourself in a position of expectation when it may be you that is the catalyst to get you as a couple to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So how do you make that decision or how do you assess that space to i guess counteract the the stagnation of your relationship what would you do in that situation first of all i can't let all the decisions just fall on him okay okay if he's somebody i'm deeply into he becomes my partner so i can't just put the weight of the world on him but I also have to communicate what's on my mind and what I'm feeling. Okay. Because to expect him to read my mind all the time, that's that's ridiculous. My mind changes often. Yeah, yeah. So if it's something that I feel, I'm that upfront about it. I'm like, look, you know, if we're going out on a date and it's date night, okay, even if you don't plan the date, I'll plan it. But let me know what your budget's looking like. Because what I plan might not be in the budget. Right. So it's still a, a part that he can play even as the person who is taking the initiative that you may feel he need to take sometimes, mm-hmm. but you just know that this is still investing more so than having an expectation. Right. Like say for okay. instance, we go to the movies, right? He buy the tickets. Okay. I'll get the snacks. Okay. It's, it's a partnership thing. And then, you know, if it's the next time, maybe we could switch the road. Okay. 
But do you look at that as 50-50? Because a lot of us nowadays have a problem with the idea of 50-50 relationships where it's like it's never going to be that. It's just going to be who takes the responsibility. And we never wanted to be the women all the time, but we're now seeing that men have a problem with it assumed to be well. Yeah, it's assumed. It's assumed that it should be a man's initiative. So, like, what do you say to those 50-50 people? If it works for them, it works for them. Okay. Every relationship is customizable. Yeah. You can't sit there and put old traditions on a new mindset if it don't work. Oh, that is a that is a bar. Mm. Old traditions on a new mindset. Mm. Okay. So is knowing where you are headed hard to conceive against where you are and what you've been through simply because where you are is actual and where you plan to be is just your imagination at this point? All of that is realistic and tangible. Just because I don't see it right now don't mean that it cannot happen. So in the event of it seeming like it's taking longer to make it happen, Mm -hmm. what do you do to motivate yourself that the imaginative is still realistic? Because there are moments of like discouragement. And I think that we have that in love too, where um, we look at our relationships and we say like, okay, it's been two years and our relationship is not improving. It's just not going to work. Understanding that it's not a race, it's a marathon. Mm. You can't rush everything. Some stuff really does genuinely take time. And from what I understand, greatness doesn't happen overnight. Wow. So we can look at a two-year relationship and still say, I love him and that's enough. Not always. Love is is a stepping stone, but it's what you provide around that that supports that one stepping stone. Okay. Like, love is cool. Love is, you know, necessity. However, that's just a foundation. What else you got? Yeah, true. Do you have true. bricks to surround that foundation? Do you have pillars to hold up whatever weight comes on top of that? Okay. Because okay. love is going to get tested regardless. Yeah. But if you don't have any supporting beings or any brick and mortar to protect that love what else you got and i often ask that is is really because like you know if if a nigga get married to a woman in six months he didn't know her long enough but if he dated her for five years he took too long to marry her in those spaces he still don't know her you know what i'm saying like it's like I would love to believe that five years is enough time to fully know a partner, but it isn't mm-hmm. because there's a lot of changes that a person makes over time. Like um, even in my own relationship, I can honestly say that the person that I dated in year one was different than year two because now I've been in her life a full year. Mm-hmm. She still hasn't adjusted completely to now having this nigga in my life that has his own set of rules, his own ideas, his own feelings. So now she has the the first year to figure out how is it being with somebody in opposed to being single. Mm-hmm. Now the second year is, well, how does his feelings mesh well with mine? Then the third year is, now that we've got an understanding of the feelings, can I accept what he brings to the relationship in terms of feelings, in terms of positioning, in terms of expectation. Then you'll say, now we're physical. There's a different set of feelings that come with the physical because if I'm giving you my body, there's some responsibilities you have to cover. Absolutely. All of these things are happening in different stages and we'll tell people that five years is too long to date. And that's none of their business. Yeah. Absolutely none of their business. How you move and how you choose to move, that's nobody's business. You can't keep putting rules on people when the rules you have set up don't apply to their situation. Yeah, that's period. That's period. Because I really feel like everything that I do with intention in my relationship is going to make the relationship a lot greater because we're giving ourselves the time to actually make errors. 
so that we can learn together what it's like to be in a relationship with a person that's not perfect, that's going to make a mistake and all of those different things. But where we're trying to be, it seems like we're always we're always in a rush to get there. We we're in a rush to get that final product. Yeah. When it's like a good meal, you got to let that joint cook. Yeah. Facts. Facts. And I love that. Like, I love that. I don't I don't have any pressure, but I feel it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because I know for a fact, like I have to. And maybe I should ask you this. Like, what do you think about when people say make her an honest woman? Because I think that that's a lot of where the pressure and relationships come from because it's kind of like telling a woman she's been living a lie like that while she was you know shacking up he didn't love her Mm -hmm. while she was playing wife he didn't make her a wife or whatever that is when it's really based on connection that everything in their relationship took the shape that it took like what do you think about the idea of the honest woman when it comes to a man a traditional view on a new mindset. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. The way of our grandparents don't apply for us. Facts. We are not our grandparents. Right. <laughs> we are not the same people. And, you know, who's to say what, you know, grandma and grandpa had is going to be the same relationship I have. Yeah. It could be a totally different person that I'm attracted to that's nothing like my grandparents. Facts. And I love that I love that analogy because that's exactly what it is. It's like we have taken on a lot of strong characteristics that our grandparents were not strong enough to make for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like um I think because at a, at that time when a man was the breadwinner and women couldn't work, you had to make a decision for a man to take care of you because you had no other way of taking care of yourself. So in theory, I think it's natural for grandma to say, find a man that's going to take care of you because she's still living in the space of where she was or Mm -hmm. could have possibly been at that time. Right. And that was her R that exact moment in her life that she's speaking from. And she may have never gotten to where she wanted to be and all of the years of her experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas I see my mama and she ain't got to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it difficult for your elders to really understand the role that it takes for us to get to where we want to be because the circumstances are not the same. Right. So I don't have to require that much. Like I don't require that whole or what you cooking and cleaning and all of that shit that comes with the traditional ways of a relationship because I know that those things are tiring. So I don't bring that that perspective to the relationship. She's free to do whatever she wants to do. But it's also a mindset now to where that's not just a woman's job. It's yeah. a basic sur- survival tactic. Yeah, right, right. Like, you know, cooking and cleaning on your own, that's that's basic. That's for anybody. That's what your parents teach you mm-hmm. before you leave the house. Right. Like, okay, yeah, having a partner is cool, but in the event that you don't have one, you should still be able to do these things on your own. Right. So anything anyone else brings to you should be a bonus. Yeah. Now, when it comes to relationship, one of the things that I... um. I've discovered for men that I want to communicate in this episode because it has a lot to do with where we are and where we're trying to be is that we allow women to date men with extreme defense. Now it's very true to each of our circumstances that people are going to put us through some terrible things Mm -hmm. and it's going to be very hard for us to not think about those places when we can potentially get to those thresholds again. Now, where you are, which is a hurt person approaching the same situation again, Mm -hmm. and you get to that threshold or that pit stop, that derailment, you get there before you, you ultimately get to where you're trying to be. So let's just say you're still hurt, And this same situation has the potential of happening again. Mm -hmm. Which do you focus on more? Do you 
suck up and go through the situation again that resembles where you are because the ultimate goal is where you're trying to be or do you just stiffen up and you you put on this extreme defense and not only do you not move on from where you are you never get to where you're trying to be Mm. that's a hard one to call in that instance i would probably have to let that feeling sit before because i can't make a logical decision while i'm still stuck in emotion okay okay like i really would have to sit down and weigh the pros and cons like okay if i go ahead and kind of push through the situation ideally where could this put me but if i hold on to these feelings knowing that i still have them and i put this wall up how beneficial is that going to be for me either right right and and i would want to say more knowing me i would probably push through those feelings because those feelings are temporary. I'm not going to ignore those feelings. I got to still feel those in order to get through it. Right, right, right. But I'm going to be open and be like, look, you know, I still feel a way. Especially, like I said, if it's dealing with the partner. I'm going to let him know, like, I'm in my feelings about this. And this is why it bothers me. So he could probably provide some insight to help me push through those moments. So I'm not by myself in it. Yeah, true, true. I love how... When we get to those moments, is it shows the truth behind everything that you've been saying while we were dating or getting to know each other. Because that's ultimately where, we, where women tend to make the biggest mistake. Because those are the moments that tell us that you aren't who you say you are. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we'll meet you and you'll give us the speech of, well, this is not what I'm, I ain't taking this. I don't go for that. You know, your standards are really high and you presenting yourself like a woman that's strong, aggressive and knows what she wants. But then you'll tell me that if you don't have no intentionality, I can't fuck with you. But the minute that things get rough, it's like all of those standards that you've professed to me in the beginning, they begin to diminish as the problem or the the deja vu moment of pain resurfaces now you have to deal with something that you have no resolve to and all of your standards diminished once that problem arose and now not only do you hold me accountable for the possibilities of repeating the same offense you're not communicating to me that you don't trust yourself in the moment that these things show themselves so the problem is not him Mm -hmm. it's you you know, because he can very well be a resemblance, but not the exact situation. There's a lot of steps to a lot of things that we go through that bears resemblance to hurt places. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just the test. It's not the actual downfall. So you show yourself to be opposite of who you are and then the step, and expect us to get you to where you want to be in love. And that's the challenge of knowing yourself in a sense and i don't think that it's fair to do that so like when women are hurt is there a which we can assume that it is but i don't think that it's ultimately used the same way is there like a grace period that you have for yourself when you're hurt to fully get over what it is that hurts you because in most cases it's kind of like how we respond to trauma where we get, we just get back to the grind mm-hmm. and try to like fight through whatever it is that we're feeling. The, is there a space for women doing that too? Depends on the woman. Some women really do just sit down and take that grace period and say, look, I'm not going to date nobody. I'm not going to talk to nobody. I'm just going to focus on me and things that make me happy until I feel like I can shake this off. Some women, they do the whole phase. It, it varies upon women, just like how it applies to men, it applies to women. Okay. Just because we don't always talk about it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So how do you know when you're when you're taking that moment of grace, how do you know the difference between taking the moment of grace versus it possibly being you're sitting in your misery or loneliness? How do you tell the difference? Sitting in misery and loneliness, for me... It still involves me dealing with people and knowing I'm not in the right headspace to deal with people. Oh, wow. 
Now, right. if I'm taking a break, I might have to fall off some people for a minute. I'm like, and I'll give them a heads up, like, hey, I'm going through something, nothing personal. I'll get back to you when I can. Okay. I'll, you know, let people don't notice. I'm like, you know, ain't nothing going on that's that deep to you, but, you know, I'm all right. Right. Or if you happen to text me, like, hey, you know, I'm just not in the mood to talk right now. When I am, I'll hit you up. Okay. But if I'm operating out of misery, I'm on my fuck nigga shit. I don't care. So you just letting people be disposable while you're going through. Oh, right. And wow. I know that's not right. Right, right. So when I feel like that's going to happen, I'm like, hold on. Let me just take myself out of the equation and just fall back for a minute because no one deserved that energy. That makes sense. That makes total sense. So is it important to know where to draw inspiration from when you are attempting to love and support another person? Because... In those spaces, for most relationships, it's going to be some dry spots. And you have to kind of know, like, where to take inspiration from when you're in, like, a rough patch of stagnation or no chemistry or whatever the issue is. Like, how do you how do you get inspired when there's no inspiration coming from the actual sources in the relationship? Um, I'm already a sentimental person. So I can draw up inspiration from anywhere. It can be something as simple as a text saying, Hey, I thought about you. You were on my mind. Hope you're having a great day. Okay. Okay. It could be something as small as that to saying, Hey, I'm about to come get you or meet me here. Dinner's on me. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. So it depends on the person that I'm dealing with. Cause right. you have to learn the person and things that excite them and make them happy. I could be dealing with a dude that's in the comic books and I can grab him a comic book from his favorite, you know, series, whether it be DC or Marvel. Right. And right. that can make him smile. But that's not across the board to all men. Okay. So the reason why I asked that question is another place in the R and B conversation is um and this is where the music analogy comes from when they say you are who you listen to, right? So we all know what it feels like to be going through a breakup and Mary J. Blige is the soundtrack. <laughs> but then there's a R&B conversation where you're going through just a rough situation in your relationship that bears no resemblance to any of the examples that your homegirls are giving you. Okay, you might just, you and your man just not communicating. Mm-hmm. But your homegirl telling you, well, if he ain't talking to you, who he talking to? <laughs> you are who you listen to. So it's like how much of your homegirl's advice or commentary do you consider as a woman knowing that your girl knows you mm-hmm. but just don't know you and your man? Like how much of your homegirl's word applies to your situations in those spaces where it's just like uncomfortable interaction with you and your mate i would say it doesn't apply that much because when it comes to my relationships i try to keep it between me and that person for the simple fact of saving face because we can go through a little tiff right now but if i'm dogging you in front of my girls they're gonna be like nah this sis won't play that like we're about to ride up on him and i was like i don't need that drama when i know is i don't need all that rah-rah on something that can easily be fixed with a conversation. So now that you know that where you are is not necessarily where you plan to be in a relationship when there's this tension, let's just say you and the man fall out or even break up Mm -hmm. and there's an off period. Do you go to those same friends for comfort knowing that this is the headspace of the crew that, doesn't necessarily fit your circumstance because they're still company even though they're not counsel so how do you not affect where you are based on keeping that same company even though you may not necessarily accept their counsel because i still think that has an effect on the decisions Mm -hmm. that you make i can still go to them for company to keep my mind off the situation but that doesn't mean I have to let them in as as counsel. They can just be the good time for me. Mm-hmm. So are you... Okay, so another example. Let's just say it's girls' night. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, fuck that nigga, girl, we going out. Okay, Which freak is cool. moment. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? We all had that moment where it's like, fuck him, fuck her. I'm going to do me for this like, quick little moment. And y'all go out and they take you to a place where it's a lot of attention being drawn to you. Mm-hmm. Like, again, you say, like, sometimes you got to just shut off the world and kind of, like, sit in those feelings. But you decide to go out. Mm-hmm. And your friends put you in a position to where the guy that approaches you in that evening may be the total opposite of the current situation you're in. Mm -hmm. The result that you actually wanted your man to understand and see and the points that you're trying to make. Mm -hmm. You meet that man in that spot. And your homegirl like, girl, why you didn't give him your number? Why you didn't do this? <laughs> Why you didn't do that? Giving you all of the variables because to her and you, this looks like what I want. What I've been trying to get my man to see. Mm-hmm. How do you appreciate what you have in the space where the opportunity for you to have what you want is presented suddenly and out of nowhere? It's still a potential mm-hmm. that your man could become what you would like for him to be. But in this moment, this exact moment, you're looking at it. How do you not distract yourself from the person that you love and who you're with when opportunity presents itself? Just because it looks good right there in that moment don't mean it's for me. He could be a Mr. Right now instead of a Mr. Right. Wow. So, oh man, so that that R&B concept could be in how you pick men too. Mm-hmm. Mr. Right Now. Like, he looked good on paper. He looked good physically. You know, probably dressed the way I want him to, smell good and everything. But if I'm still not fully closed out of that situation I was just in, and I ain't take that time to heal and work on me, then he he's going to turn into a rebound. Wow. Wow. Dope. And you don't want to turn a good man into a rebound. So do women have these conversations with each other when it comes to those situations? Because that's the way we move in society. It's like, okay, well, if you ain't going to do what I need you to do, somebody else will. Yeah, we have those conversations all the time. Like, girl, you deserve better. You need better. Okay, I understand that and I hear you. But that might not be the right space right now. It could Mm. be the right person, wrong time. Mm. I look at that like because when I hear those when I hear those conversations, it's like, yeah, that's true. But do you understand why the person I picked was good for me? Like, Mm -hmm. because like the set of credentials I have for why I choose this man, he's not perfect, but he's still a very high percentage of what I need. Mm -hmm. It's just that this one thing is missing. And sometimes I think that we are so busy trying to supplement what we already have versus developing a understanding of ourselves as a couple and building those traits with each other. Like that's a part of the relationship between you and that woman. If she tells you that I need you to communicate, then this is what the two of you are supposed to develop Mm -hmm. with each other. It's not, you're supposed to bring this to the relationship. No, like, okay, we communicate differently. How can we get to a point where we can understand each each other? other. Right. So like, that's the, the perfect point to establish a communication or a language with each other. It's not a relationship issue. It's something within the relationship for you guys to work on and build with each other Mm -hmm. because it's never looked at as the problems in our relationship is what builds our foundation. But not everybody are meant to be builders either. Oh, true, true, true. So how much of where you want to be can you say the things that you have been through, which could be looked at as the R, how much of that can you say actually got you to where you want to be because very little of where I once was has anything to do with where I am now um I say a great deal of what I've been through is pushing me towards where I want to be because it's a part of my growth not just physically but mentally emotionally the way that I see certain people has changed my outlook on a whole gender 
Mm, okay. Just because I don't have a good relationship with my dad doesn't mean that I treat all men bad. Right, right. I've right. had father figures in my life, like my godfather, my uncles, my grandfather. Just because it's one bad apple don't mean that all apples are bad. Okay, right, right, right. So I think the importance of this conversation was to kind of illustrate how everything that we think that we are in this present moment is keeping us from a determination or goal that we have in mind for ourselves. And I really am like bothered with the concepts of how you placed it, which is like old traditions being placed on new mindsets where we kind of like cookie cutter everybody to these old traditions that don't work anymore. Right. Whether, whether we know it or not, because circumstances are completely different. I really love how we can see things without them happening because of how intuitive we are, the technology, the, the different social settings and spaces that we evolve in. We're able to assess things differently than just survival. And a lot of the old traditions have been based on more or less survival. So when you have a daughter and your daughter is new and fresh in love, she has a new mindset from the one that you've developed from the old tradition. What would you tell your daughter are the significant things to pay attention to when trying to work through um, a love or a relationship situation? Because there's still some experience there that you will have to give her, mm-hmm. but you don't want to hand down the old tradition based on where you once were. You want to talk from the place that you want it to be which could possibly help her get to where she wants to be. Mm-hmm. So what would be the conversation now based on the one that was had with you from your older generation? I would tell her that her feelings matter, no matter how small or insignificant she thinks it is, mm-hmm. to always speak her mind. Um, you could be in an argument, but don't let it take you out of your character. Okay, okay. And when you look at, like the emotional character of women who who dream or who are because what I find out um, and I think I'm going to have this conversation too is um, the ideas of love are different from men and women because Mm -hmm. um, there's a space where you realize that men think that love is something that they earn Mm -hmm. love for women is something they imagine I can see that. So um, there's a, a conversation that has to be had to where um, a man has to use his imagination to get the love that he believes that he needs to earn when it kind of counters what she does. So she uses reality to draw him into her imaginative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's confusing because the skill sets are different. So like when we get to these places, like, is there, is there an answer that we can give people as to how we can better understand each other when one seems more reality based and the other one seems to be, um, a conjuring or a dream or an imaginative thing? Like, is there a, a answer we give to people who want to meet in the middle in those two head spaces? You should identify what love looks like and feels for you. On both sides? On or? both sides. Okay. So that way, it's not like, you know, you have a woman that's just stuck on a fairy tale idea because that's what she grew up saying. That's what she grew up knowing based off of Disney and what her grandmother has told her, what her mother has told her. Mm-hmm. You looking at real deal love in the face. Like, I want to feel floaty. Okay. What's floaty for you? Is it, you know, that butterfly feeling that you feel in your gut? Is it when somebody holds you really tight and makes you feel secure? What is that? Because Mm -hmm. it's ways that are doable that people can do, but the expectation is set on such a fantasy level that you forget the reality of it. True, true, true. And does that that reality affect the other person? The 
yeah, the reality tends to affect the fantasy. So you you literally have to have an imagination, period. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to you have to try things that seem unreal. Um and that ultimately gets you to where you want to be. It's like it's making it's making like shots in the dark, of course, but it could potentially get you a better average in the the opportunities that you may actually make that shot. You may get through to her. You may make her feel a certain type, a pleasant way. So yeah, it makes sense. I think I love the the idea of this conversation because once we have this it opens up another conversation, which we're going to have. Um, I, w- I really want to talk about the R&B concept from the idea of a crush because that's what that is. Um, it's really knowing how you feel about someone and the possibilities of your feelings being real but still respecting the reality that I'm going to have to get my shit together before I approach her. I'm going to have to really step up to the plate before I make the move or like you understood the boundary, mm-hmm. even in the imaginative place of one day having this person. So it was like a the best of both worlds in a sense. But in that self-preparation, could that also be a level of sabotage if you're trying to make yourself above and beyond and she never asked you to? Damn, that's a good question. Like, what if she saw you where you were at and was completely fine with that? And Mm. because you felt that you weren't good enough for her, that you put yourself on a back burner before you approached her. So you killed your shot before you even had the chance to start. That's true. But I think that, like, and that's why I asked, do women have these conversations? Because absolutely, we don't. It would help if they were having them in front of us, like out loud on, you know, the different platforms that we speak on, because society tells you that you got to have your shit together before you take your shot. So, like, it depends on the woman, too, though. Like, it's that conversation you need to have. Like, if you're shooting your shot at me, but you give me everything up front and you still allow me to make a decision, then that's totally different. Okay. Like, if you come to me, you're like, I'm interested in you. I can afford to take you out on a date. However, I'm not balling like that. I'm like, okay, you know, I respect you for the honesty. And if I take you up on this offer, maybe a way to impress me don't involve you balling. Wow. Okay. It could be something as like, you know, you taking me out on a nice day to the park and you set up a really nice picnic because, you know, I enjoy being outdoors. Okay. And that's appealing to something that you paid attention to. It could be something just as small as that. Hmm. But because you took the time to pay attention and get to know me and figure out what I like, it makes you charming in a different way that money can't buy. Oh, wow. So what ends up happening is you think about where you are in that moment of not having the most um, the most money or the most resources, but you still inspire yourself by where you want to be. I still want to take her out. I still want to make her feel like a lady and feel important and special. And you merge those two worlds so that the imagine and, and the reality, reality came together. All right, we did it. <laughs> That's the way we gonna end this. I really enjoyed this conversation. That was dope how it came together at the end. <laughs> All right, man. See, this is what happens when you have conversations with people who understand who they are. And they aspire and they work towards where they want to be. And that was just something that kind of just flowed together. And it was perfect for, um, you know, the end of the show. We're at an hour. And I try not to give you guys too much to digest because I know it's a lot to decompress at certain times. So I thank my sister for sharing in this conversation that we're going to title R and B. That is A-R-E and B-E. So think about where you are and think about where you want to be and somehow merge the two existences. Take a little bit of your fantasy and use it to the the benefit of your realities and somewhere find yourself in the middle. So appreciate you, my baby, for coming through. Um, Give them all of your information so that you can promote yourself, gas yourself up right quick. 
because you got so much on the way and um i do i'm super super proud of you and all that is coming together so i want people to be aware of you so give them all your social media my name is Tanisha Brianna. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen underscore Poison. That is Q-U-E-E-N underscore P-0-I-I-S-0-N. You can also cop some merch on TanishaBrianna.com. That is T-A-N-E-I-S-H-A-B-R-I-A-N-N-A.com. If you would like to follow me, the host, BJ, you can follow me at there go BJ on Twitter. That is D E R G O B J on Twitter. The Instagram page is the subject change. You can send me any kind of questions, comments, DMs about the show at the subject change on Instagram. But if it's in detail that you need to speak to me, you can send me an email. That is change subject C H A N G E D subject at gmail.com and my new cts hotline because again i meant i keep forgetting to tell the story about an informant formerly having my old number and i got cussed out by a street nigga that got out of jail and he won't smoke so we had to change that number so the new cts hotline number is 313-636-3060 please do not dial that old number because i need that man to get some resolve to his uh prison ptsd (laughs) (laughs) and um again reach out to me in all of those forms if you would like to comment on today's episode which is again titled r&b featuring my sister queen poison thank you so much for tuning in this concludes an episode of change the subject i will see you guys again in two weeks peace and blessings 